This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday at the Contact Talk Radio Network. I am your radio show host, Lisa McDonald. I hail from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Super, super excited to be joined here by a couple of guests, a gentleman by the name of Justin Payne, as well as Jerry O'Brien. Uh, as I mentioned, plugging the show, ramping up on social media, uh, more specifically Facebook. Although I've been very blessed and very grateful to have had uh, a plethora of phenomenal guests on my show, this subject matter specifically really touches my heart deeply. So I'm very, very grateful, very excited to be joined by this guest specifically. And we'll get into the meat and potatoes of that in one minute. Before I turn it over to unscripted dialogue, as I always do with my guests, I'm just going to plug a little bit about Justin, just for the fact that this show is very expansive and far-reaching. It uh, touches 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. So what can I tell you about Justin Payne specifically? Well, Justin is a 28-year-old construction worker, is engaged in a dangerous pursuit that consumes virtually all his free time. As soon as he gets off work, he's on his smartphone or computer posing as a young girl or boy on dating websites, seeing what sick men are anxious to take his bait. And when they do want to meet, he's there waiting with his video rolling and security detail. That's where Jerry comes in. So, gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for my show. Um, You know, you're known, Justin, as the pedophile hunter. You just live moments, uh, minutes away from me, actually, and I'm really looking forward to us seeing each other when this is all said and done. And I want to welcome you, too, Jerry, to my show. Uh, You're the security detail. So, Justin, let's start with you very briefly uh, with the question that I always ask my guests. I'm always interested initially in the inception of my guest journey. What? How did you get here, and why? why this pursuit specifically? To be completely honest, I mean, it, it started off as just a simple social experiment, and um, I uploaded a video onto YouTube, and, and it, it just kind of went from there. Um, previous to this, though, like, I mean, I had a lot of victims in my family, so, I mean, there was something there that I've, I've always wanted to try to counter this, I guess, so to speak, mm-hmm. and um, I literally f- um, fell backwards into a passion. Like, I never would have guessed that that I would want to do something like this, like, as a career. Wow. Wow. And and so when did this all literally begin for you? Well, I uh, I moved out of my apartment, and uh, I moved in with my parents because uh, I, I wasn't making too much money. And uh, I was making, like, silly uh, YouTube videos and, uh, like, comedy sketches and things like that. And... Uh, I wanted to do something that was more my fit, something that I 
that I felt like was my calling. And I just, I picked social experiments and then this is the one that I, I kind of picked just to see if an adult would actually show up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the individual actually did show up. He met me in front of, uh, the building that I was staying in. I mean, I know it was dangerous. I shouldn't have done that, but I honestly did not think that he would show up. I, I, I vaguely remember seeing to catch a predator. I mean, at that time, like I, and I never knew anybody in Canada that was doing this, especially on YouTube at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing I've, I've been following you very closely, uh, especially more recently, knowing that we were going to be doing this show together. And, you know, one of the posts that you put up on Facebook, it was dated June 11th. And I quote, I started off an average man wanting change. Now I'm a dad who wants results. I was so incredibly touched by that, as well as like the 800 people who liked it and commented. So, you know, why this passion? Why this specifically? Is this, do you feel that this is a bit of a calling for you? Do you feel this is your purpose? Do you feel that, uh, this is your way of paying it forward? What, what exactly fuels this for you? I mean, it's hard to kind of narrow it down and to explain it, um, because there's so many different reasons why I do what we do. Um, you know, I have a lot of victims that are very close to me in my family. Um, I don't want to like name any names or any, any labels or anything like that. Uh, but, um, people that I love more than anything else in this world. And I mean, I'm a father now and I, I just, I can't fathom, you know, having, knowing that he's growing up in this world with all this going on on the internet and the internet is getting more and more popular every day. And eventually he's going to have his own tablet or smartphone and things like that. And I mean, I know that each creep that we meet is literally only like a drop in the bucket. But I mean, at the same time, that's, you know, that's one future spare. Absolutely. Well, I, I personally, uh, I tip my hat to you. You've become a hero of mine. And as some listeners here may be aware of some people who are perhaps connected to me through social media, I did up my own live stream video the other day and you know, talked about this. I talked about, you know, the, the video itself was, uh, unfucking yourself. And then it was followed up by a video plugging you and ramping up our show. And, you know, just talking very vulnerably about the fact, uh, and I've been very open about it in my own journey and using all my social media platforms and radio and TV and everything, uh, to talk quite openly about my own journey with this. And this is why you as my guest, this specifically, uh, touches a chord with me and why I'm so grateful to have you on my show. And, you know, I'm very cognizant of language. You know, um, I, I don't personally like the word victim. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I don't even really overly like the word survivor. I think you move on as a result of choices, as a result of healing, as a result of uh, immersing yourself in the ideology that out of shit comes brightness. And, you know, you, when you get to this age in your life and it, it just continues to be so as you continue to get older, you know, Life touches us in ways that are unforeseeable. We can never plan for certain things, and a lot of things are are truly out of our control. And so, you know, I think when something touches us, or as you mentioned, your family members, people close to you, and feeling quite protective of them and feeling a calling to do something, to be a part of the solution as as opposed to being problem-saturated and just getting all angry and, and just letting it eat at you, you're doing something about it. Now, I know that what you do is controversial. I know that you're not necessarily publicly, the police can't say that they love you, but I'm sure 
perhaps privately there's a part of them uh maybe they question your tactics but i'm sure there's a part of them that appreciates to the degree that you've been successful in countering these people confronting them uh and turning things over to the police i mean you're you're essentially in some respects helping them do their job so i'm sure there's an unspoken level of gratitude there i would think and that's just certainly my opinion yeah i mean i i definitely see it that way as well i mean there's been a, there's been a couple times actually to date that I've gone into the police station and it hasn't been like a detective or a sergeant or anything like that but um, I believe it was a cadet one time recently um, he actually followed me outside and shook my hand and said him and his wife watch my videos fantastic and it, it just like it put a smile on my face like you wouldn't believe like to know to to get some kind of camaraderie with them with the police right. like it yeah. it opens my eyes a lot. Well, you know, and, and you and I both know for what we do and putting it out there in the world, you know, we're not driven by accolades, we're not driven by pats on the back, but there's nothing more reaffirming or affirming than something that we hold dear to our hearts, something that we feel compelled to do, and knowing that it gets recognized in the vein in which we, we apply it, that we approach it. So I'm glad that you received that. I'm glad that was a, a special moment for you. Uh, and I can certainly tell by what I've followed on your social media, there's many, many supporters of yours. And we all appreciate that you're putting yourself in harm's way. And this is highly volatile situations. I've seen some of these confrontations in your videos. And do you want to maybe, uh, and we'll get to Jerry. We're not leaving you out there, Jerry. I'm going to get to you in a moment. <laughs> No worries, no worries. Uh, but do you want to maybe, Justin, like maybe it was the first time, maybe it's the same kind of rush every time you meet somebody, uh, you know, maybe the, the novelty, and I don't know that that's quite the right word to be using, but in terms of just illustrating my point, you know, maybe the novelty or the rush that you would feel confronting each person on an individual basis, regardless of how many times you've been in this situation, uh, maybe that never wears off. Maybe, maybe it's just a constant state of adrenaline maybe you can walk us through what that is when you're on your phone you see the person at the same place that you were supposed to meet them thinking that you're this 10 11 year old girl or boy and you look at each other the phone shut down and then the camera rolls what is that what what's going on in that precise moment a lot of anxiety a lot of anxiety yeah i mean um, a lot of people message me and say, you know, I would, I would have beat their face off. I would have done this. I would have done that. But I mean, in all retrospect, by the time I get to meet them, it's finally like a uh, case closed. Like I'm almost done with that individual. I mean, I don't like, uh, I don't chat with individuals that just want to meet or just want to cuddle. I mean, those, those are, um, those are heinous things uh, for an adult to want to do with a child. But I prefer to wait until they ask to meet, but they need to admit some things to me. And by that time that we meet, yeah, it's a lot of anxiety, a lot of disgust, um, just a lot of a mixed emotions. I mean, with an extreme amount of adrenaline too. I mean, because you don't know what the situation is going to hold. And um, when I get the opportunity to get on the car and latch on back or front and ju- they jump on the highway or whatnot, I mean, that's the the opportunity for me to literally release every bit of stress I've ever felt, any trauma ever. I literally actually feel normal. Wow. It, it, that sounds a little bit weird, but I mean, I actually just, I feel calm. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I had a, a victim, uh, a friend of mine, explain to me that um, 
the reason why that I feel so comfortable in situations that like we walk in is because I grew up in trauma. So those who walk in trauma are comfortable in trauma. And I mean, normal everyday life is, is really boring to me. I mean, I don't ever see myself nine to five for the rest of my life going to work, coming home. That's it. No, like I need, I need to know that I'm participating in my community and I'm making a difference in some sort of way. And I mean, you know, the whole world doesn't have to love me. They can hate me, but I mean, we're, we started a message here and, and it's getting nothing but bigger. I mean, it might, I might get shut down at some point, but there'll be 10 other people that'll start. So, I mean, it's, it's always going to continue and this awareness is always going to keep going. Fantastic. Well, I love what you said in uh, an interview. It was in the newspaper, and you said, you know, I'm an idiot, I'm stupid, I shouldn't be doing this, but my thing is I've always been a leader, not a follower. I like the last part. I don't like the first part. No, you're not an idiot. No, you're not stupid. Um, you know, and, and questionable as to whether you should still be doing this when you know there's an element of putting your safety at risk. But, again, there's a lot of people, call it, Hikers call it people who, you know, like risky sports. Uh, there's a lot of things people feel drawn to, uh, perhaps part of the rush, part of because they like the end result of knowing they're bringing some justice, perhaps bringing some healing and closure to people, uh, or just, you know, people proving to themselves within the abominable spirit that, you know, I can, when I set my intentions on doing something, I can certainly accomplish it. So, Jerry, let's switch this over to you for one moment, and then, of course, we're going to come back. We'll flip throughout the program, <clears throat> although bearing in mind the, the hour does go extremely fast, unfortunately. So your security detail, how did you two pair up? Or did you have history? Were you friends? How, uh, no, actually, I uh, just like you, I just watched the videos. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, watching what he did and, and, and seeing these guys kind of melt down and, and you, you watch as their as the world kind of got pulled out from under them when they when they figure out they're not meeting like a 12 year old little girl um so i think like a lot of people i i try to get in touch with justin thankfully for me he only lives you know five minutes down the road from me so um it actually took a few days for us to get together because you know his schedule and my schedule are pretty busy but uh, yeah i offered him some help because i've got a background in in martial arts and um so I figured, you know, I, I could maybe offer him a little bit of help here and there and just kind of watch his back while he's out there. Because I know some of these guys, um, I know they're after kids, but you never know what somebody's going to do when, when you approach them and when you confront them, right? I mean, you corner an animal, they're going to attack you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, we, I've only really known Justin about three months, but we, we met, we hit it off really well, and, and we've been a team ever since, and I, I think that the, the team works really well. Well, and that's a bond. That's a type of connection that a lot of people will never have. That's a very specific type bond. And for what you do and for the adrenaline running for both of you uh, and for how you're specifically connected, I mean, that's a relationship that I'm sure will uh, live throughout both of your lives. Um, that's quite, quite phenomenal. So let me ask you this. How many people... I don't know if you keep your own stats. I don't know if you can ballpark it. But how many people would you say that you've cornered, confronted, uh, engaged with, met up with? How many people would you say your list is now at? Uh, with, with Justin, um, I think seven now, yeah. Seven or eight. Seven uh, or eight. Okay. Yep, yeah, yeah. And um, there there has been some instances where, and we, we've chatted about this after we've done one of our, one of our uh, setups. Um, one specifically out in Port Credit where 
Justin approached first, and it, it really seemed like the guy was going to come after him and, and get physical with him. And as soon as I popped into the picture, I, I must have been twice the size of this guy. And he, he, he kind of stopped and stepped back, and he kept on his course, and he, he you know, it, all, all uh, traces of him being aggressive just kind of melted away from him, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of what we want to do. I mean, my, my role here was never to, to get violent with anybody and, and, you know, throw guys around or, or hurt anybody. It was just, yeah, crisis prevention, exactly. Um, just to, if something were to arise, if, if a situation arises and somebody's going to get violent, I'm there to, to dumb it down and make sure that it doesn't get to violence. If it does get to violence, I'm, you know, I've got the background to, to stop it from, from anybody, stop anybody from getting hurt in our group. Well, and I've heard that in the background because you're the security detail and do you also cover the camera? Are you doing the camera and the security detail? Do you wear one, both hats there? Yeah, I'm doing both. So we, we've actually had the questions of what if something happens? What, how, who's going to film? And we, we, yeah, Justin's pretty much going to, we, we've kind of worked it out that I'm going to toss the camera to him and, and we'll, we'll kind of work it that way and just make sure that we get everything covered, you know? So right. but yeah, I'm always behind the camera. I'm always within, within a foot and a half, two feet of Justin. Um, if anybody advances at him, you know, nothing's really going to happen. Okay. Now, when you said six or seven, is that with, since your involvement or were there more than that prior to you pairing up with, uh, Justin? Well, that's, that's just with Justin. Um, I, I also have a background in security. So I've, I've done security for years. I, I used to do security. Um, and in Brampton here alone, I mean, not doing the same thing as Justin, but just doing arrests. I mean, I've got, in excess of 100 arrests when I was working security, when security was actually allowed to make arrests on, on individuals. Um, okay. Laws have changed, so we're not actually allowed to touch anybody anymore. But um, Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've got a background in it, and I'm, I'm very comfortable in that situation. Like you said, the adrenaline, there's always a rush, no matter who you're meeting. Um, as, soon as, as soon as it's go time, yeah. you know, everybody's hands shake a little bit, oh, and, yeah. and you breathe a little faster. And, but, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of what drives us. You okay. Know. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Justin. <clears throat> um, with the individuals that you've confronted to date, has there been anybody who's conceded and just full out admitted? You know, well, even though they, yeah. has any, or is it always denial? No. Uh, typically, uh, it's it's denial. Um, I'd like to think that I'm one of the best ones to get confessions, uh, but to date, there's actually one individual that fully came forward. Um, I literally think this guy was delusional because he explained to me that he knew exactly who I was and he was justifying the fact that because he was molested when he was a child that it would be okay to molest the young boy that I was pretending to be, the 11-year-old. Wow. Uh, so the, downtown Toronto, he's justifying this. I mean, I was losing my shit. Um, I, I try to keep it together for the most part. I mean, my some of my videos don't really do me justice, but... Um, I, I lost it. I literally want to cry and pull my hair out because this is like, how can you think like this? 11 years old. And, and mm-hmm. you think that you're going to take this boy up to your place with his lover and, and do things that you're not supposed to do. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you know, I've got children. I, I used to work in social services. I used to work with kids in group homes, foster homes. I, I, you know, I've worked the whole gamut. Now, my kids aren't really, I mean, 
my youngest is six and my eldest is eight in September. So when I hear in your videos some of the terminology that's going back and forth between uh, a 10 or 11 or 12 year old, is a 10, 11, 12 year old really in, in dialogue using the words, um, making love, having sex? Like, how do you, how do you, entra- like, entrap these people or get these people to admit them, what they're doing in a way that would be perceivably realistic for how a 10, 11, or 12 year old would dialogue? Honestly, I put my pictures up in the profile. I put an obscene age. I inform them that I'm a kid. And literally, as soon as, 90% of the time, once they find out I'm a kid, they believe I, I believe in my mind that they think that it's going to be easy. So then it's just a rush for them to fulfill the fantasy. Like I, I keep telling everybody, like I really think that we expose fantasies of individuals, mm-hmm. and and I'm very good at what I do in, in making the uh, the other individual on the other end of the computer feel that the profile is real. I'm really good at that. I mean, when I'm Christopher, there's zero doubt in anyone's mind because I do the voice very well on the phone for them. You, you do the voice, but you also, with the mannerisms, the mannerisms it's, it's a very naive child, you know, not understanding what the adult's talking about. What do you mean? You know, it, so there is no sexual conversation from this side going to, to the, the, the predator. Yeah, because okay. I mean, if anything, um, I divert, disarm, and get away from it as quick as possible. I mean, I've been told uh, by uh, certain law enforcement that, you know, I am I'm allowed to entertain it but not partake. So, like, I'm not allowed to start it, but if they say, you know, I want to take you to a hotel, I'm allowed to say, and then what? And then what? And then what? Like, I can keep going with that as long as I don't actually physically, like, uh, uh, partake in the conversation. Okay. Um, but like I said, I'm a kid. So a kid is going to sit there and tell you, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Do not say that. Or I thought you were my friend. Right. Like, I, I don't try to, you know, I, I even give these guys opportunities sometimes. I'll actually fully sit there and say, you know what? You're weird and creepy. Don't message me again. I'll disappear for two days. And they're, they're right back there again. Ten messages. And, and it's like, you know what? Okay, fine. We're going to meet them. Wow. And are these, are these, when we talk about these sites where you end up, uh, engaging with these individuals, is this just like regular normal dating sites, like men and women, uh, women and women, men and men, like these are adult websites for dating purposes and then these people end up being attracted to what they think is a child? Any site that, that, uh, yourself or any of your friends would go on that are, that's over the age of 18, 19? And, uh, it's, it's all strictly adult dating websites. Uh, Plenty of Fish, okay, Cupid, Tinder, Meet Me, um, Scout. Scout's actually our biggest one. Um, but I mean, any Android or iPhone, uh, dating app that you can possibly think of, I, we're joining every new one that comes out and sitting and waiting. Wow. Do you ever get women who are trying to entice children, or is it just men? Oh, there's some women that will message and talk to us, but um, they'll ask to meet, and that's it. Like, uh, if I meet them and expose them, I need some kind of content that will hold up in court. Right. Just them meeting alone, is, as well as a man uh, meeting or a woman, it's not going to hold up in court if, you know, they just came to hang out and that's all they said. Right. So... so- 
Yeah. So you've had some bites from women, but it wasn't enough of a strong held conversation that it would go anywhere, correct? Yeah. And um, the other thing, too, is, I mean, I met one woman in the flesh, uh, but um, I just, I tend to stay on just the, uh, the uh, I guess, the straight sites and uh, and the gay sites, because uh, I can do Christopher's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, uh, the the female lesbian dating sites, though, like we're we're gonna start getting back on those again soon because uh, we have a female decoy that can do the voice for that. So, okay. And do you, in your experience of doing this, do you feel that there's any gender preference for the child from these people, or is it just the fact that it's a child? Man, uh, typically, it's uh, man to girl. Okay. Sorry, uh, man to little girl um, yeah. is is typically the one that we'll get. Um, I don't I don't really see that there's a like a you know like a, a preference or anything because I mean it's just like I always say to everybody this monster literally has no face so I mean even gender or sexual orientation or anything of that nature. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just wondering how specific because I don't, you know, I don't think like these people. I've worked with these people. I've actually been, uh, I've worked with male sexual offenders who were mandated by the courts to receive co-counseling and I co-counseled them. And so, you know, there were different things that came out in group sessions about, uh, what their fixations were or what they were drawn to. And so I just wanted to kind of see from your experience if gender played a part in what these people, uh, were wanting to hone in on or if that's, uh, doesn't matter. That's off the table. It's just the fact that it's a child. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just males. Um, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to my male race, but, uh, it is mostly men. Okay. And so when you're done confronting somebody, like how many of these people actually follow you or meet you at the police station voluntarily? Uh, one said that he would, but he didn't show up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so- but but none have ever, like, uh, followed me to go or anything like that. Okay. So after you've met with them, then you go immediately to the police station. Is that correct? Not all. Like, in the beginning, I, I pretty much didn't at all. Um, like I was still, I was still kind of learning, uh, how to go about all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, periodically yeah, I'd take things into the police, but I started noticing that, you know, every time I'd bring something in, they'd say, you know, this, this won't hold up in court, this won't hold up in court, which is totally understandable, uh, on their part, because I mean, prove without a reasonable doubt in the courtroom that, you know, this other person was chatting with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, just because they showed up, to to a court doesn't mean anything because it, like a court system is like pretty much like a neutral party unless you know unless you have facts and proof you know it doesn't matter what your word is so I mean that's another reason why I'm going um, full board with being Christopher because Christopher is able to extract information um, far beyond I think anybody can get I mean I um, there's a, an individual from the states. Uh, he was approximately about 51 or 55 years old. He was supposed to serve 15 years in prison for um, uh, child pornography. Um, there's a few other charges that I, I, I don't remember, but 15 years, and he only served uh, a little over two. And the reason was because there's a technicality because of the way that the um, technology, his laptops and things like that, was extracted from his home. It was done without a warrant. Mm. And then uh, a few years go by, uh, he gets out of prison, and then, boom, Christopher's profile ends up in front of him, and then we started corresponding. 
few months go by, uh, probably 200, maybe, I guess you could, like, just over 100 hours of audio of me talking to him every single night um, as the 11-year-old. And uh, we got all the information pretty much needed to try to get a conviction. Um, a colleague of mine, Paul Salvatore, uh, that does all the image searching and all the research gathering, contacted the um, FBI in California, and basically we started corresponding through them, and uh, recently, basically, everybody kind of disappeared. So what I'm thinking is charges, like he's been apprehended, charges are pending, but he's he's incarcerated, is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, once I once the news of that gets out, I mean it's it's going to be a, a proud day because you know I've been doing this for almost just like about three years, maybe a little mm-hmm. over three years, and you know no convictions, and that's the one thing everyone keeps snapping about is you know why are you doing this if you're not getting any convictions? I mean I have personal reasons, but mm-hmm. at the same time it would be nice to hold that flag up and say guess what I got a convicted pedophile put in prison. That's right. This has how good I am. Well, I, I have no doubt that you're probably not too far away from that uh, occurring. And uh, good on you that even for not having received that, uh, you know, feather in your cap at this point, it's still, you're still driven, you're still motivated, and you still know for the reasons that you feel motivated to do this, that you just keep going. Um, so good on you. Um there's a few other things I wanted to ask. So do you feel for the sake of interviews, because I don't know if I'm the only person who's interviewing you where you're openly mentioning that you go by the name of Christopher, do you feel you have to maybe switch up your alias? Um, you know, it, it's it's funny that you say that. I mean, even with as many listeners as you have, um, you know, for some reason, I don't know, it, these guys are stupid. I mean, they're stupid for wanting to talk to a kid anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that they just forget or something, or they think it's somebody else. I think they're just, a lot of these guys are, are, are hermits, uh, really, they're, they're recluses. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they sit at, I mean, this is, again, this is in my opinion. Uh, yeah. At home, you know, download whatever they might download if they're, if they're into child pornography, and then, you know, they get it in them that they want to, they want to live out their fantasies. So then they come out and they break out into the world, get on these chat lines, and, and I mean, if you see some of the guys that, that we have got, um, I mean, lately they, they seem like they're more worldly people. They've got careers. But, I mean, in the past, there have been some, you know, not not so great-looking guys, uh, hefty. You know, you can tell they've been kind of sitting around the computer for years and, and, and not really out in, in society. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's – I can't really remember where I was going with this, but these are these are the guys that, that, that we basically – are, are hunting, right? Basically, what you just said is you reiterated what I always say: that this monster has no face. It has no face. But that's the thing: it could be your principal, it could be your doctor, it could be your neighbor, your uncle, your anybody. And here's the thing: everything he just said, I've pretty much proven. I've met a paramedic. I've met a police officer in training. Yeah. I've met um, a superintendent. Uh, I've met uh, a teacher. I've met an ex-teacher. I mean, the list goes on. I've met some pretty substantial individuals. I mean, even if not just met uh, in person, um, Christopher's chatted with them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, in my background, I mean, because when I when I co-led uh, that counseling group for uh, men that were mandated by the courts, people who had been charged uh, and had served time for sexual offenses to minors. 
And, you know, it's no coincidence that these people gravitate towards the types of professions where they have access to children, right? Absolutely. Right? Because that, that's what it's all about, you know, whether you're in a position of authority or you're trying to garner trust. Uh, you know, there's the whole honeymoon phase, there's the grooming phase, there's all of those things. Uh, and of course, we've been brought up to believe, and of course, we still want to continue to maintain that people are more inherently good than not. You know, we don't want to start looking at all the people who are in these positions of authority, call it teacher, call it principal, call it soccer coach. You know, we don't want to start looking at these people and saying, well, you're all pedophiles because you want to work with kids. I mean, we're not saying that by any means, but you can understand these people who are highly manipulative, uh, you know, they need to be – because otherwise, if they're not in these positions, then they do stand out like a sore thumb hanging around kids. You know, if there's not a, if there's not a role or a reason that makes sense to the general society of why this adult would be in this child's life, then they're red flagged immediately. So it goes without saying that they – acquire these positions that put them <clears throat> put them in in arm's length to these kids well that's right and and it's actually sad uh recently i within within the last two months i saw an article in the paper um i believe it was on tv too where um guys who have been in you know scouts um, guides all this stuff their whole lives well they they grow up and, and they still enjoy getting out and they have kids and they want to you know these leaders the scout leaders nobody wants to do that anymore because of the the stigma that's that's around, you know, pedophiles hang around uh, kids. Pedophiles really gravitate to these these uh, careers, and it's sad because, generally, like you said, we do want to feel that people are generally good, um, and more and more that you know, especially me and Justin. I mean, we're we're neck deep in this stuff every day. Um, it's really hard to trust anybody nowadays, and, mm-hmm. and that's 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 discerning. I mean, I've got I've got kids myself. I've got a a daughter who's well, she's gonna be ten in just a couple of days, and and I worry about everywhere she goes, you know, even with um, with friends, and parents. I mean, I know them very well, but how well do you really know somebody? Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So, so, a couple more questions um, that come to mind right now. So, when we go back to these actual dating sites. And for the amount of uh, interviewing and attention that you've received and garnered as a result of being in the public eye and doing what you do, um, you know, has there been any residual, um, has there been any fallout from any of these people who own these dating sites because they've been somehow attached to what you do and the pedophiles who flock to these sites? Has there been any dialogue with any of the actual people in charge of these dating sites? No. I mean, to date, I haven't had any of them contact me, and I mean, I, I've said their their name, like their uh, their company names, I guess you could call it, um, on the news and in social media. I think you know what uh, for them, it's bad publicity is good publicity. I think that's probably how they're going about it. I mean, um, every dating site that I'm on, like ninety nine percent of them are so unstructured, it's not even funny. You could sign up with a fake email and a fake name, you know, and that's that's not how our world should be. Right. Well, this actually, this just tweaked for me. I hadn't even considered this until you said that. So these pedophiles must be really stupid because they would know that for anybody to gain access to one of these dating sites, you would have to have the vocabulary and you'd have to be savvy enough to put in a profile, correct? Yep, yep, that's right. Right. So what 10 year old would, first of all, 
be in the realm of knowing what a dating site is or know that they exist, never mind navigating through the system of entering in a name, a passcode, uh, an email address, uploading pictures or whatever else. I don't do dating sites, so I'm not sure how this all works, but um, I know enough through the advertisement on TV and whatnot. I get the gist. But, um, you know, do, they, do these people not stop to think, okay, how would a 10-year-old be inside of a website that you need to actually set up a profile for? Here's the thing that I always come to the conclusion in, in terms of that, and that's, uh, I mean, it's literally, it's virtually so easy to to make the, to get on these sites. Um, you just, you go into your Android browser, you type in date, dating, or friends, and I mean, a list of apps will come up, it'll connect you to the whole world. And, um... Like, I, I can't even, like... And I, and I get what you're saying, but I'm saying from a pedophile's perspective who is using these websites as a lure to get to these children and hoping that these children surface, like the Christopher's surface, um, you know, do they, are they, especially when we know that these people, as you mentioned, are in the professions of, you know, being smart, you know, to be... To be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be a police officer, to be a whatever, a principal, you have to have some sense of how the world works and technological culture. So do these pedophiles not stop to think, how would it be possible to truly legitimately be dis- to be having a discussion with a 10-year-old when I know for myself, having been gaining access to this, this site, you need to set up a profile. What 10-year-old is going to do that if it's a legitimate 10-year-old? Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, like most of the time, I pretend to be like twelve and thirteen, and um, every day, the world is is becoming more accessible to young people. I mean, like I got a thirteen year old sister that knows how to program a smart TV, and I don't even know how to do it. I mean, she knows how to how to how to strip a car down and put it back together and rebuild the, an engine. Well, that's it, and and I'll say it too. It's my daughter, she's nine, and she's. They, they're teaching coding in school. I mean, kids are pretty tech savvy these days. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess that's really the, the biggest explanation. Explanation. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, that's true. I mean, we do live in a different culture now, a different climate of kids being brought up this type of technology. But I mean, you would think that a pedophile would be thinking, what you know? Never mind the fact that a ten-year-old would perhaps be able to navigate through through these sites to be able to establish setting up a profile but the mindset of a 10 year old what 10 year old would gravitate towards a dating site in the first place yeah well, i mean that's exactly told- it right yeah so they're not very smart i mean that's 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 the best statement right there is they're, they're, they're not very smart they're desperate um well, chemical imbalance pieces right of shit. it's a perversion and they're they're going to get they're going to fulfill that perversion any way that yeah. they can and if that if this seems easy to them, that's what they're going to do. Right. So based on the fact that everything is live and learn, and based on what you've shared with us here, Justin, saying that so far there hasn't been an actual conviction for any of these people, uh, you know, everything's about live and learn. So what have you been fed by the courts or by the, the legal system that has t- tweaked or will uh, soon tweak 
what you do differently to get a better end result. Even though what you're doing is still, in my opinion, outstanding, and I applaud you for the fact that you still hit the pavement every day and you do this and, and you know, you put a face on this, uh, and you expose people for what they are, regardless of whether it goes anywhere in the court system or with the police. Um, but what do you have to hone differently or do more of or do more precisely or accurately or consistently that's going to garner you the result that you want where you say you can wave that flag and say, I got a conviction for a pedophile? Well, one of the things that we need to start doing is um, I need to start being Christopher full-time. Mm-hmm. I need to start... Um, primarily doing that and getting getting everything a lot more organized in terms of having a female door, excuse me decoy uh, on board and having her do the chatting as the female because phone extraction uh, is extremely valuable. I mean, chat logs are one thing because, again, prove without a reasonable doubt in court that that is the person you're chatting with. It's, it's you know, it's next to uh, impossible. I mean... Uh, but there's voice analysts that can, uh, you know, that study uh, voice patterns and, and different things like that, and um, they're they're able to basically tell your signatures from your voice. So, I mean, you sit on the phone with me and say, you know, I'm going to send you a, a penis picture or things like that, and then you can say dick pic. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so used to being politically correct. Yeah. When not when on my show, let's just call it what it is. It's a dick pic. It's a dick pic. <laughs> Yeah, so um so I, I I mean lately I mean I've been receiving like a lot more dick pics. I don't know way more than Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it's unnerving, yeah actually. Very, very, very disgusting and creepy. Well, when do the police start doing dick pic profiles and mugshots? They should. They really should. That's how they, they really should. should. Yeah. It's not about it. And I tell you, I wanted to touch on this earlier, just really quickly. Because sure. we were talking about the police and not having support. Um, now I do, I'm not, again, I'm not going to name drop, um, but I do have a friend who, uh, he's, he's been with the Toronto police for a long time. And, um, I had a discussion with him about what we do and, and he knows about us and he feels that yes, what we do is great and he really agrees with what we do. However, um, with, uh, with, with, I guess their, their red tape, what they're, whatever, what they're bound by, their rules that they have to follow, mm-hmm. they can't do what we do. I mean, they have their, you know, gotcha. They do have their rules that they have to follow, and it's, it's very politically correct. It's very by the books, by the courts. Whereas we have the freedom to go out and, you know, yell in somebody's face and pull out a camera and, and, you know, we have much more freedom to do it. And, and I think generally, like, like Justin said, they do. Um, agree with what we do, but being bound by that, they they have to say certain words to us, you know, to keep us um, to keep us down in a sense. They don't want us doing it, but they can't stop us. Right. Okay. Well, let me ask you this too. When I think back to my days of being in, you know, I did a lot of counseling and I uh, worked with people in crisis and highly volatile situations. You know, it's very important that there be a component of decompressing afterwards uh, because, you know, the, the adrenaline is going, you're in high stress situations. Oftentimes your safety can be at risk. Uh, so before J- um, Jerry even came on the scene, for you, Justin, how did you decompress? Like, how, how does this? How do you turn this off at night when you go to bed? Like, can you turn this off or no? I don't really think that you can turn it off. I mean, this has literally become my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I, I leave one confrontation and 
yeah, we're all together, like, at a coffee shop or whatnot, and we're all kind of debriefing each other, and, and we're all talking and stuff. And the whole time, I'm just trying to slow my mind down, which is very hard for me to do. Um, and I'm just focusing on the next meet, which is the next day or the day after or two days after, mm-hmm. you know, um, or making sure that I have all the chat logs saved and uh, all the information, you know, like uh, backed up twice, three times kind of thing. Right. I mean, but for me personally, like, uh, there's no shutting it off. Um, I can pretty much say, and this is just how I feel personally, um, I feel that I'm victimized literally every time I enter a chat room, every time Christopher, more so Christopher, every time Christopher enters uh, onto a, a voice conversation, um, like, literally, like, I feel I get number. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have methods in my life to be able to, you know, get away and, 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 you know, be normal, um, and things like that. But for the most part, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel comfortable in darkness. You could say, I guess. Okay. Now, when you think of your own inner child, are you, has Christopher become synonymous with Justin's inner child? Well, here's the thing. Everything that Christopher is, likes, and does is everything that's me. Um, and that's because, like, uh, sometimes I'll be on the phone chatting with three guys in a week. Um, so i got to make sure that I'm up on my stuff, right? i got to make sure that Christopher's personality never changes. Because imagine you're on a dating website, and then you're talking to somebody, and then they become a different person every every time you talk. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, Christopher's personality has to be real. So essentially, I make best friends with these individuals. Mm-hmm. Sorry, excuse me. Christopher makes best friends with these individuals. Um, where I I remember every detail about each one of them that I've talked to on the phone. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 something that eventually I'm going to have to seek counseling for um, because I've I've had one breakdown now, um, which I'm not uh, too thrilled to be telling anybody about. But I mean, I you know it happens, I guess. Well, I don't think that's surprising, <clears throat> Justin. That's not at all surprising, and I appreciate you being raw and, and candid and, and upfront about that. Um, because, yeah, when you're when you're when you do what you do specifically, but you do it as often as what you do, and you're you're willingly, voluntarily putting yourself face to face with darkness. You know, the the most disdained population of people in our society, uh, in most people's opinions. Um, you know, it's it's really hard not to get psychologically fucked up by that. You know, because you're you're confronted by the ills of society in your face, and when you know behind the scenes, I mean, we see the camera rolling, we see the interaction, we see the initial shock that goes on and and what unfolds. But you've you've been grooming these these people have been grooming you. You've been building up rapport. Uh, before it gets to the point where we see what unfolds in these videos. And so, you know, to be talking as Christopher, Christopher having taken on the persona of truly who you are for the sake of keeping it consistent and real and not screwing this up, um, you know, I could see why you would feel violated. You know, I can see very clearly why you would feel violated because you take on the persona of Christopher. Christopher is essentially you, younger version, and you're you're interfacing with these people and talking about the slimiest, most disgusting things that a child and an adult could ever, uh, I mean, 
it shouldn't be happening. We know that. That goes without saying. Um, and you're no, you're aware of that each and every time. And I think when you when when you see how often you're in texting contact and building this rapport with the filth of society, and it's like the same shit over and over again. And you're and you're reminded with like how many people like this are out there, and how many times Christopher, little Justin, is is being violated. And being spoken to through the eyes of a child, um, it's no wonder you've had a breakdown. And, you know, so it's not just your physical safety that I would be concerned about. You know, you gotta really think about, you know, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and make sure as much as what you're doing is of great service, and I, I commend you, I think it's admirable. But you really, truly do have to keep this in check for yourself. And you know what? We've got three minutes here before we have to wrap up. So what I would invite you to do, uh, Justin, if you could just kindly let people know, given how expansive this program is around the world, um, where can people tune into your YouTube videos and you personally? Um, for my YouTube videos, I mean, you just type in Justin Payne. Okay. Uh, even through Google, uh, you just type in Justin, P-A-Y-N-E. And and then there I am. Okay. And what about you, Jerry? Or, or is that you're not disclosing that information? Um, no, I've got a I've got a Facebook page uh, that that we've made. Um, it's called Jerry or Justin and Jerry Predator Hunters. Okay. Uh, so simply type that into Facebook, and and that's that's more or less where I go through. Um, okay. I do I do have a personal Facebook. I mean, anybody can look it up, but um, that's generally where where. Um, where I operate through. Okay. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for the gift of your time. Uh, this has been a really near and dear topic, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, a show for me personally. Uh, you've really struck a chord with me. Uh, you know, you've become heroes of mine. I commend you. I just, I, I caution you to do what you do. I'm not here to script you. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do or not do. That's not my role, place, or responsibility. But just be careful, not just your personal safety, but it's very important to protect your energy and your mind and your spirit uh, because I, I, it can very often, for what you're doing, take you down a very, very dark path. So I just caution you, be careful. Uh, self-care is just as important as apprehending and cornering and confronting the filth of the world. So uh, that's what I'd like to say to you, aside from thanking you once again for joining me on my show. I'm Lisa McDonald. This is the Contact Talk Radio Network. I go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. For my listening audience, I want to thank you very much for once again tuning into my show and for your loyal listenership. If you have any show topic ideas or would like to appear as a prospective guest on my show, you can kindly reach out to me at lisamcdonaldauthor.com or alternatively, you can reach me at lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. I want to reach, uh, wish everybody a phenomenal, safe weekend. If you have any commentary, any suggestions, anything you would like to, to talk about as a follow-up to any of my programs, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you. And I'll touch base with you next Friday. Love and gratitude to all. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.